This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Friday, August 21st. This is a notable birthday for a prominent BYU figure. We'll get into that in just a moment. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU football scrimmage rash assumptions expert Jason Shepard. I'm glad that we finally put a name and a segment to this because I feel like most of what we do are rash assumptions. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) So I I love the fact that we've turned this into a bit. I love it. It's great. I love it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yesterday, Zach Wilson... And Lopini Katoa delivered quite the highlight in the live scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And that's got all of us thinking a little bit rash. Jason, look at the drag. Oh, look at the drag from Lopini Katoa. Two feet in, that's a touchdown of the NFL. That's on Isaiah Kafusi, no less. And how about the anticipation and the dime from Zach Wilson? This throw is look, the throw phenomenal. Was, the throw was made before the move was made. He knew where he was going to be. Uh, it's like John Beck and Max Hall. <laughs> they, hey, they are on the same level. That's going to bode well this throw, season. Throw on those blue goggles and right. tell, me, tell me what blue you see when you evaluate alert. that blue highlight. When I evaluate blue that highlight, alert. I think what it means is that will probably be at least one of 40 times those two will connect. <laughs> For that exact same play. I was wondering how goggly you would get. Actually, no, hang on. Let me, I gotta, I gotta make sure okay, these things are adjust focused. Adjust the lenses. Oh my goodness. I, I see what it is now. Okay. That will actually be the winning touchdown in the national championship game. <laughs> that will be the play call. Jason, there aren't enough blue goggles on this desk to bring that to fruition. But it's a nice thought, isn't it? It's fun. It's a nice thought. And it was a great throw and a fantastic catch. Zach Wilson, Lopini Katoa. Those guys, are they emerging as surefire starters for BYU? While you think about that, let's run down today's show lineup. One-on-one with the guy who caught the ball, Lopini Katoa. Is he expecting to be the number one running back for the Cougars, y'all? The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on what he thinks about the halfway official and Halfway reported home schedule for the Cougars in 2020. Should an undefeated home schedule be the expectation for BYU? Plus, more rash assumptions from the BYU football scrimmage. Can't wait for that. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. According to stadium's Brett McMurphy, Western Kentucky will play BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on October 31st. Western Kentucky, who, by the way, plays in Conference USA, finished 9-4 last season. Now, along with other reported games that are not yet official, BYU would have six home games this season. BYU, as we just mentioned, holding a live scrimmage yesterday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And in that post-scrimmage roundup, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says two running backs, three wide receivers have separated themselves from the rest of the group. Who are they? We'll get into that. But first, head coach Kalani Satake on if he saw what he desired to see from his team. Well, we were able to keep get everyone going and competing. And, and uh, you know, I think it was harder for the offense to move, but I think the defense and offense both did some good things on both sides of the ball. Had some good work on special teams, and I was really pleased with the, with the day. So I, I, I think we got exactly what we wanted from it. 
Okay, that answers that. Yeah, and uh, more talk about the scrimmage coming up in just a second. Matt Bushman and Tristan Hodge are on the Reese's Senior Bowl list of the top 250 players at the Senior Bowl's the most prestigious college all-star game and allows the players to prepare for the NFL draft and showcase their skills to NFL scouts. Okay, no Kairos Tonga there. Interesting. And some people are saying, what about Brady Christensen? He's a junior. He's a junior. I have to be a senior for the Senior Bowl. And Brady Christensen, if he wants, will be a junior next year, too, if the NCAA ratifies the movement to not count eligibility this fall. And if he doesn't continue to blow up and decide to go to the NFL. <laughs> There's that, too. BYU junior quarterback Zach Wilson ranks 34th in the pro football focus rankings among the 130 starting or projected starting quarterbacks in FBS. According to PFF, Wilson ranks 17th in passing grade on passes thrown less than nine yards down the field in 2019. They get specific, people. But his decision-making on throws for 10-plus yards failed to give him higher rankings. We're all hoping to see Zach Wilson take that next step with the decision-making and his ability to really stretch the field this year. Yeah, and that's where some of the issues in terms of interceptions and things like that have come, trying to maybe force a ball downfield where it probably wasn't the best decision. So I agree. Seeing that take that next step, I think that's one of the things everybody would thinks you'll probably see this year. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. hey here come the Hilltoppers. It's been reported from stadium's Brett McMurphy that Western Kentucky will travel to Provo and play college football against Los BYU Cougars on Halloween. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat, huh? Some costumes with the two best mascots in all the land. Ooh, do you think that was planned? Maybe. I don't That's know. Not I, bad. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past BYU and Tom Homo to think on that level of detail. Wait, are you telling me those are costumes? <laughs> the two schools have a bit of history dating back to that infamous mascot bracket where <laughs> BYU was accused of paying for votes. You cheated. You cheated to get Cosmo to the top, but you know what? It still counts. Cosmo taking down Big Red in the finale. And the two athletic directors had a little back and forth on Twitter, Jason, about possible scheduling when all of this Cosmo and Big Red madness was happening. If you remember back on April 17th, Todd Stewart, the athletic director at Western Kentucky, said, we would love to do a football and or basketball series. The schools have played in football and WKU basketball leads the all-time hoop series 3 nothing." But we haven't played since 1954. Let's make this happen, Tom Homo. To which BYU's athletic director responded the next day. Ironic how Cosmo and Big Red could get their two athletic directors together to talk a little future fun and games. Great chatting with you, Todd. Good luck to the Hilltoppers. Todd responded later that day. Appreciate you reaching out, Tom. Really enjoyed visiting with you. Excited about some future possibilities. All the best to you and the BYU Cougars. Well, wouldn't you know, Jason. Little did we know. August 21st, amidst a <laughs> pandemic, this little mascot melee has now landed Western Kentucky reportedly yes. on BYU's schedule in 2020. What's your reaction to all of that and this matchup? Yeah, I mean, if the report's true, I, I like the game. There are a lot of different levels as to why I like it. I like the game simply because it just gives BYU a full home schedule. You look at all of the games, some are, are official, some not official yet. 
This would give BYU a full home schedule of six home games. That is major. In a, first of all, in a season like this, you weren't sure how many games BYU was going to get in total, let alone for home games. The fact that you can get six games at home, I think, is a major, major accomplishment. And for me, and I know that you and Jeremy have been talking a lot about quality versus quantity. For me, this season is all about having games. The opponent, to me, is really not a factor. Once the P5 options were taken off the table, for me, the opponent didn't matter. It was all about just getting games to be able to play. This fulfills that. And then you have the, the other layer of the mascot challenge, and they were the write-ins, and they weren't getting the respect to begin with, and then they go all the way to the end. Look, if there is not a halftime dance battle between Cosmo and Big Red. Socially distanced. I'm, socially distanced, of course. But, I mean, like, it, it is perfect for an opportunity like that. It's, it's, a nice, it's a nice matchup. It's another home game. It gives BYU the opportunity to get six home games in Provo. And, and it's against a team that you have some, some recent history because of social media. So th- there's no downside to this at all. The saliva test will work just fine for Big Red and Cosmo, okay? <laughs> Get those negative COVID tests. Get them on the field Look, together. they're wearing the ultimate masks, okay? A mascot battle on Halloween. How perfect <laughs> is this? I'm with you, Jason. I like that BYU has now, not officially, but reportedly put together six home games. And we don't know that there isn't another to maybe get on the schedule. Sure, there, may, there could be more. There are teams that are going to have more than six home games. But BYU has at least six. And this is a mini-miracle that Tom Homo has worked. And I think he is absolutely brilliant with the way he has scheduled specifically on the road to home in this crazy 2020 scenario. He has been aggressive with the two road games and that has granted BYU or will grant BYU some incredible national exposure. The home games are going to be on ESPN and one game is contracted to be on BYU TV. We think it's going to be North Alabama. So there will be national exposure for the home games. The rebroadcast rights on BYU TV. Now BYU is going to be on Monday Night Football on ESPN and on CBS National Television in the afternoon on the 19th of September at Army. And all this is pending that things don't get too crazy. Fingers crossed that it doesn't. But this is so well played by Tom Homo. And he gets return games from Navy and Army in the future when I'm banking that there won't be a pandemic limiting the number of fans, if any at all, can attend the game, Jason. So, and I think with the four remaining games, because we want BYU to go schedule 12, right? Hey, 10, 11, 12. Absolutely, schedule as many as you can. Be aggressive with the road opponents, whether it's AAC or if there's a, you know, a minute chance that maybe BYU could sneak a road game against Power 5. Great, because those games likely will be returned at a future date at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is the year to be aggressive on the road get the future game from uh, a returning power team later, and then host whoever at home. Okay, Houston's the marquee game at home now. Great. Other than that, whatever. But this is so well played by Tom Homo. So well played. Which takes us, as BYU is now taking on the Sun Belt in Conference USA primarily, to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 8-3 all-time against teams from Conference USA at the time of the games. Here's the thing, Jason. Only three of those 11 games are against teams still within the conference. (laughs) I mean, Louisville in 2001 was part of Conference USA. Tulane, 
Tulsa. All lot, those teams yeah, have moved on. Realignment has changed a lot of that. Yeah, how about that? So it's it's an interesting stat, but man, Conference USA is nothing what it used to look like even 15 years ago. Hey, again, it's up for me. It's about quantity versus the quality and getting the just get the games by Monday. I said Monday I will join you on that bandwagon, but I still have hopes. Like uh, go get some good teams in the AAC on the road. Look, it's still, but yes, it's still getting the majority of those games. That's that's the number one hurdle is getting the games. After you know, after that, then you can start to get picky a little bit. But it's about all about getting the games, and I, I love what's happening right now. Topic number two, and as we mentioned a bit ago, BYU scrimmaged about eighty-five plays yesterday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And then during media availability afterwards, Jeff Grimes said that there are two running backs and then three wide receivers who've separated themselves from their position groups after yesterday's scrimmage. I would say at this point, we got a couple of running backs that are ahead of the rest of the group and then some other guys that are trying to catch up. You know, at tight end, obviously, there's Matt and everybody else, but the everybody else is, is a sizable, talented group. So those guys are fighting for reps. How many of those guys play in game one will depend on on how they progress the next couple of weeks Um, we've certainly got three guys at receiver that are a little bit ahead of the others and then another two or three guys who are fighting to be number four number five number six in the game so the guys that Grimes is talking about he's talking about playmakers he's talking about guys that have maybe separated themselves from other players in the position group he's talking about guys are making plays who would you think the offensive playmakers will be for BYU this season? Yeah, let's get specific, shall we? Obviously, Matt Bushman is the guy for BYU on offense and Zach Wilson's number one option. He's an All-America-type tight end. He deserves that type of notoriety. The two running backs and the three wide receivers, I know Jeff Grimes was a little bit mysterious about that. He didn't reveal names, but let's kind of take the mystery out of this. Uh, And I feel very confident in this. The two running backs that are emerging are Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I would agree with you. It is what it is. And that's not saying, like Coach Coach Grimes said, that the other running backs aren't talented. They're just emerging, and they should. Lopini is the experienced back. Tyler Algier has had an outstanding fall camp or training camp from what we've heard. Those are the running backs. The wide receivers – are the experienced guys, Jason. It's going to be Gunnar Romney. It's going to be Dax Milne, two guys that make plays and made plays last year, and Gunnar Romney, in his case, even his freshman year, and then the return of Neil Pau. He's a guy that made plays two years ago. So this is not a shocker. Dax Milne, Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, those are the three receivers. The running backs are Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier. Those will be the playmakers along with Zach Wilson, and Matt Bushman. And he said, you know, it's Bushman and the rest of the tight ends. I think Isaac Rex is at the top of the rest of the tight ends. BYU has plenty of playmakers on offense. And, Jason, I, I, know, I know that we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but looking at that home schedule, I'm thinking, oh, man, if the offense can find a way to generate energy in a stadium that has limited to no fans – then they're going to do some amazing things at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It'll be unorthodox, hey, but hold, it'll be really good. Hold that thought because we will talk about that coming up. Look, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's – when you talk about playmakers going into a new season, I think a lot of times – I think people want are expecting maybe somebody new. Who, who I, I'm, I'm not going to go with anybody that I don't think anybody would expect them to not be – I think the playmakers are pretty obvious. And, and you mentioned Lopini could – Lopini Katoa, for me, is, I, I think, going to be the guy that 
at the running back position is going to get the carries. I, I do believe, and if you, you get one guy and you use that guy. So I, I think for the running back, it's going to be Lopini Katoa. How many carries per game is that? Oh, man, I don't know. 15, 20, something I, like I that? I would say if you could get 17 to 20, yeah. I, I think that that's – you give him those opportunities. I agree with you, Tyler Adjur is going gonna, is gonna to be in the mix too. But for me – Lopini Katoa is the guy at running back. Matt Bushman is the number one playmaker of, of everybody. But then you talk about Gunnar Romney, who I loved earlier this week, his comments about being, he wants to be the number one guy. I love hearing Gunnar Romney talk like that. Yeah, and Eric Mateo said yesterday on Twitter, uh, 18 went wild yes. in the scrimmage. I love hearing that, that he wants to be the guy. And then Dax Milne, and I agree with you on Isaac Rex. I think the two tight end set that, Jake, that BYU can use with – Bushman and Isaac Rex could be deadly. I mean, they could destroy some defenses with both of those guys. And the 2001 schedule was not exactly loaded, and BYU's offense went nuts. Well, and let's, let's not forget, Zach Wilson is going to be a playmaker, and it's not just throwing touchdowns. This guy can make plays, keep plays alive. So I, I think Zach Wilson, I expect him to take a big step forward as well. I'm not saying BYU's team this year is going to be the 2001 offense, but I do expect BYU to put up 35-plus a game against the home schedule, Jason. Yeah, no, I... I mean, Houston will be a little bit different than the other teams. Go score points. You're speaking my language here. I Go love it. score points. It all starts on the road, however, and we are one day closer. Countdown to Navy. 17 days. 17 days away. BYU in Annapolis at Navy. No fans there, but we will be there to deliver everything you need to know in Countdown to Kickoff. Man! We're going, baby. 17 our, days away. Our question of the day. What is your reaction to the report that BYU has scheduled Western Kentucky to play on October 31st? This reported first by Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports, not official from BYU, but still. At 86WICoog on Twitter answers, bring them on. The more the merrier every game put on the schedule makes me almost think BYU might actually have a season. Tom Homo is doing amazing work resurrecting a schedule from the ashes of the COVID-19 fire. It really is amazing what Tom is doing, getting these games and getting BYU closer to a full schedule. It's it's unbelievable because that's just not happening anywhere else. I love it. And if you want to be aggressive, go play at Cincinnati. Go play at App State for crying out loud. Go play the best. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, let's let's go. All right, Bill Belichick. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Coming up, the best to wear 93 was also in one of the most popular movies of all time. Oh, snap. Hello. And one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with Lopini Katoa. Does he expect to be the number one running back for BYU? And how many carries does he think that means as BYU Sports Nation? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review continues Tuesday with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon. Watch as they get you ready for the BYU football season beginning, as we just found out, 17 days from today at Navy. That's AFR Tuesdays on the BYU TV app, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm getting more and more excited. Fingers crossed that uh, everybody that uh, is in the necessary positions can stay healthy. Yes. And we can push forward. And you'll be there, kind of. (laughs) I will be there in the press box. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be on the field. I'll be in and around the field, or all, like around it, but not, but not on the field. It's different. You know what? This whole, there's nothing. Every, that's what you could say about this year. It's different. It's, it's different. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we are live in Studio B. But we're still the same here, right? We're still the same here. It's still the same here. Day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play continues. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. As promised, now time for our one-on-one with Lopini Katoa, BYU football running back. I talked with him following the scrimmage yesterday on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Lopini, what's the first thing that runs through your mind when I say season opener in a little over two weeks? Honestly, it's grateful, honestly. There's so much uncertainty now that it's like right around the corner and, and it's pretty set in stone. It's, it's nice to know that we're playing because all this time it's just been so uncertain. So I'm just saying grateful is like the, the feeling I have. Obviously, you were part of a live practice today and you wanted to accomplish some major things. So what did you accomplish as a BYU football team today in this most recent live practice? I think just being able to move the ball um, as an offense and just show that we can make plays and finish drives. And I think we did that a lot today. And I feel really confident in the direction we're heading for sure. So there's always this funny uh, tug of war going on between offense and defense in fall camp. The offense, according to reports, has had their way uh, in most practices against the defense. Does this give you great hope for the offense, or does this give you more concern about the BYU defense? Uh, you know, in, in my opinion, like we did, we've been doing our thing, but I, I feel like it's pretty balanced. I, I don't know what the reports are, but um, in my eyes, I see our defense making plays, and, and we're making a lot of plays too. Obviously, on the offensive side, I want to see my boys making more plays. And so I think there's there's been a lot of good things from us. Um, and the defense has also stepped up a lot of times and, and made turnovers and things like that. And so I honestly just feel really confident in, in going into week one um, as a whole team. Lopini Katoa with us on BYU Sports Nation. The goal is to become more consistent and to win more games than last year uh, when you finish seven and six. So why do you feel like this version of the BYU football team will be better and more importantly, more consistent in the win column this year? I feel that we just have like a, a more resilient mindset to to not be okay with just good, not just driving the ball. Um, getting in the end zone is the only acceptable thing to us when we start a drive, and, and that's what we've really focused on this camp. And I feel like it's shown we've, we've scored a lot of touchdowns this camp. Lopini, if asked to do so, how do you feel about being the number one back and carrying the ball I don't know, 15 times or more per game. That's the goal, right? I feel, I feel great about that. Um, yeah, I'm ready and willing. I know that there's other dudes in the room feel the same way. And, and with that being the case, I feel like it's, it's just all good things come from that. How do you feel you have improved the most and put yourself in a position to be the number one back? Uh, I've just been working hard every day just to, to be reliable. Um, I feel like I can do multiple things. I can be the guy who can run the ball, block, catch the pass if you need me to. So I feel like uh, I'm just really versatile in, in what I can bring to the table and, and reliable in my responsibilities. You talked about the uncertainty of the 2020 schedule and just how many unknowns there have been. So with the movement that you have seen and the football schedule as it is right now, what do you think about the seemingly constant changes and uh, last-minute additions happening? Uh, I've learned just 
all 2020 just to take it one day at a time, you know. <laughs> it's it's crazy times we're in right now. So if we have one game, we have 10. Um, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time and, and grateful for the, the schedule that we have thus far and, and hope to fill it up. Now, right now you're opening the season at Navy and at Army. You know that they're going to be prepared. They're going to play hard. What do you expect in those games against the service academies? Um, I, I just expect, like, a disciplined team, you know, and, and a bunch of hard workers. So we got to be on our A game, not hurt ourselves, and, and just play our game. Um, it's hard to beat us when we're playing at our best. And no question it's going to be a strange atmosphere when you play in Annapolis against Navy. Uh, it was announced earlier this week that there are going to be no fans there. How do you generate energy as a team in a stadium with no fans? <laughs> That's a good question. I've, I've yet to experience that. And so, like, I guess just, just uh, encouraging each other. And, I mean, playing another team will bring its energy in itself, uh, just that competition. Uh, that game day feeling. Hopefully they can uh, get that as much as we can without the stadium being filled. But, um, yeah, we'll just work with what we can and, and try to energize each other. The microphones are going to be extra sensitive, and so uh, some voices will be heard. Uh, are you okay with national television and uh, uh, guys being heard? <laughs> hey, I'm comfortable with what I say, so <laughs> – I could say that, that I'm all right. I'll be all right. Fair enough. Uh, what do you know about the Navy football personnel right now? How much preparation have you done for them? Um, we've been, you know, going over a little bit what they do, who they are as a team. Um, and we know that it's going to take a lot of tough preparation um, because of what they can do on defense, the, the, the like the different looks they'll give you. Um, it's a lot of thinking. And so, uh, just being able to be pre as prepared as we can for whatever look they come out in. Lopini Katoa with us on BYU Sports Nation, one-on-one -on -one all access uh, after BYU football practice. The running backs room that you're competing in uh, is un unfortunately had to say goodbye to one of the up-and-coming freshmen, Bruce Garrett, who left for personal reasons. What's your message to Bruce as he has to uh, encounter a tough situation? Oh, this – try to be there for him we love him everybody who comes into the room we're, we're a little family um in itself like you're close with all the boys on the team but your position group is a is just kind of different level um so it's tough to see him go um and i just hope that you know he, everything works out for him and that his future is uh, still bright maybe the player uh that will be the answer to this question is in the running backs room maybe not but who is the teammate on either side of the ball that has been the pleasant surprise of training camp in your opinion thus far? Um, if I'm thinking, are you saying just in my group or, or overall as a team? It could be anybody on the team. Let's see. There's a lot of guys that have just been stepping up. I Today recently, um, I was excited to see Shaman Willis make a lot of plays out there. Um, he's been working his butt off and he's just a good kid, always, always trying to get an extra work. And so to see that, you know, pay off for him today and all through camp has been really cool. Well, you had a live practice today. We talked about some things that you accomplished. Um, who looked good specifically in the live scenario today on offense? 
Um, I'm going to have to always go with the running backs. Uh, it's just fun because <laughs> you're tagging off all, all camp and people are saying you're down here and you think you got extra five yards. And so it's just nice to see it come true. Once uh, people have to tackle us, it's a, it's a different game. And so we pride ourselves in always falling forward. And that's what I saw today. The backs always are getting those extra two yards. And I just love to see that. What does the quarterback situation look like from your perspective right now in camp? Uh, it looks – I feel like it's it's what you want, like a, a group of guys who can compete and all push each other each day. You know, Zach, Baylor, and Jaron all have wins under their belt in games. And um, and so having that in a room is, is good. It's only going to produce the best product of every single one of them. All right, Lopini, you probably won't want to admit that uh, you are afraid of anybody on the defense, but who's the one guy or the one defender that when you get the ball, you're like, oh, man, I got to go against this guy? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, don't really, I, I would say just seeing Kyrus over there, um, that big <laughs> dude, he's over there plugging two gaps, standing there. So, I mean, that's a, that's just like a, somebody I'm always looking out for, sure. looking over my shoulder for. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's nice having such a good D-line to run against um, to get me ready for, you know, honestly, the best because those guys are working hard and they've been giving this uh, a run for our money. Okay, we'll uh, wrap up here, but I do want to ask you about uh, the NCAA who is expected to rule in favor of athletes who participate in any fall sport, not losing any eligibility, uh, whether you play or not. So how do you feel about the potential of uh, a sixth year at BYU? <laughs> oh, man, BYU, that's funny. All the RMs are going to be about 30 years old when we graduate, if, if that's the case. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's nice to know, um, to have – extra insurance you could say but I, I really didn't even know that's the first I've heard of that okay hey well I'm breaking news to you uh, more importantly you're focused on the actual football so you keep doing your thing and uh, I'll keep doing my thing here in Studio B let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma we appreciate the time Lopini great to catch up with you appreciate you one-on-one -on -one BYU Sports Nation All-Access with Lopini Katoa, BYU running back, approaching the 2020 season. Jason, to quote him, getting in the end zone is the only acceptable thing to us. Yeah, it's been a focus. It's when you're in that position, get in the end zone. That's, that's one of the things they have stressed all offseason long is making sure those drives end in touchdowns. Aaron Roderick, Jeff Grimes, all of the offensive coaches, all of the offensive players, that has been the clear Number one priority is to get better in the red zone. Yep. I'm expecting big things for Lopini. I think he's going to have a huge year. Can't wait to see him. Coming up, what does Greg Rubel think of the schedule that BYU is putting together? And the best to ever wear 93 at BYU has a bone to pick with the great villain Bane from the Batman series. Do you feel in charge? 93 does. This is BYU Sports Nation. Coordinator's Corner is back on August 31st. Join Greg Rubel as he talks with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's Mondays beginning August 31st at 1 Eastern, 10 Mountain on the BYU TV app. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it on a Friday.
All right, Jason, BYU is reportedly getting another home game, this time against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. With six home games now on the projected schedule, what's the chance BYU goes undefeated at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I would think it's high. You're talking about mostly teams from the Sun Belt and Conference USA. The only team, in my opinion, it should even be close is Houston. I think I think you should expect going undefeated at home. Minimum 5-1. and one. Yeah, minimum 5-1 and one sounds right. BYU is still a home underdog to Houston, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree with that. But it is what it is. The numbers think that Houston will be a very good team in the second year with head coach Dana Holgerson. 5-1 and one is minimum. If you're talking about chances, chances are high. All right, Matt Bushman, Tristan Hodge listed in the Reese's Senior Bowl top 250 players, but no Kyrus Tonga. Did Kyrus get snubbed? Yes, but it just fuels the fire. Kyrus, I hope this is plastered all over your locker, your mind, that you are not being respected accordingly. Yes, he got snubbed, and I hope he uses it as motivation to go out and ball out. Yeah, 100% he got snubbed. You cannot tell me he's not one of the top 250 seniors in college football. Sorry, you can't. A guy who benefited from playing in some of those senior games, Sione Takitaki of the Cleveland Browns, has taken a number of first-team reps with the Browns this week. What are your expectations for Takitaki as a linebacker in his second NFL season? I I think he will become a regular starter. I saw Sione at the gym a couple of weeks ago. Dude is fit. Does not surprise me one bit. Did not mean to rhyme there, by the way, that he's getting first-team reps with the Browns. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to start, but he's going to play. I think he he cracks that and becomes a starter. I I think he can be that good. I'd love it. I'd love it. He'll see more field time for sure. That takes us to the best to wear it. We're counting up to 99. One or two numbers each show and determining the best athletes to ever wear each number at BYU today. We are all about number 93, the famous movie star, Jason. Yes. Brett Kiesel. His BYU career was 97 through 2001, 66 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 6 pass breakups, 2 forced fumbles. He was a 2001 honorable mention All-Mountain West Conference, drafted in the 7th round in 2002 by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a steal. All he did was play 12 seasons in the league, win 2 Super Bowls. He was a pro bowler in 2010, and obviously his beard gained significant uh, attention and to the point where it ended having its own Facebook page, its own Twitter account. And it it started um, a a charity. He he actually cut it. They called it Shear the Beard. They ended up raising $40,000 for a children's hospital. And that has continued on over the last, since Kiesel retired from the NFL. And, but you mentioned the, the movie star. He was, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. The scene where Bane comes in and blows up the stadium, Brett Kiesel was in there. In Brett's words on BYU Sports Nation, we asked him, hey, what happened to your character? And he said, oh, I got blown to smithereens. Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises yet. Yeah, so thus, uh, he's he's got some beef with Bane. Yes, he that's does. For sure. Hey, who doesn't? Straight out of Gray Bull, Wyoming, yes. Brett Kiesel. Love that guy. Does fantastic stuff. We still need to get his T-shirt. He's got the beard T-shirts. Just the outline. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Coming up, rash assumptions. I'm ready to spat off some hyperbole based on five seconds of highlights. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us. What does he think about now eight games, three reported on the BYU football schedule, and six at home? Is he all in on the go undefeated at LES train? It's BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake is back Tuesday, September 1st, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on the BYU TV app as Coach Satake and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, gets us ready for BYU at Navy to begin the season that September 1st on the BYU TV app. Cannot wait for that. The Coach's Show. It's back, baby. That means football's happening. I was going to say, you know what a coach's show does? It, it precedes a game, which I can't believe we're 17 days away from. 17 days away. We welcome you back to Studio B and a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. The man who will host BYU football with Kalani Satake, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Greg, it's great to have you on the show 17 days away talking about football, preparing for a coach's show. How are you... Uh, controlling your enthusiasm at this point well i i think the, the best way to put it is, is that each day I, I i get a percentage fraction you know more excited for what's to come um I, i'm kind of ramping up to this thing the closer we get uh the more likely it is that good things are going to happen uh good things being those coaches show broadcasts and of course game days it's been a while since we've had a game day uh, on the radio and, and so uh I'm excited to call plays again. And again, day by day, we get a little bit closer. I get a little more excited, a little more eager for what's to come. So we, we, we're starting to get, you know, games scheduled now, starting to find out about more opponents. Recently, you had games officially announced with Troy and with Army. Now, there are reports for other games that are not yet official. What do you make of the current schedule and how it's currently coming together? Well, Tom Holmo and BYU are doing the very best they can with available resources, and the resources in this case are available teams to play. Uh, we already know how the P5 essentially either shut down or shut out uh, the possibility for games. And so really, uh, you know, some bigger names might have been on the radar had some of those teams and leagues been more willing to play ball with BYU. But as it stands, uh, you know, just a great job piecing things together where he can, speaking of Tom Holmo right now. Uh, and, and it is quite remarkable. You know, the, the college football scheduling industry is stretched out over years and years and decades. And here we are uh, with Tom putting his schedule together um, in, in the matter of days and sometimes hours. And so uh, necessity being the mother of invention, we have the mother of all short-term schedule fixes happening this year. <laughs> it has been uh, rather enjoyable to watch uh, Tom work his magic. And now uh, with the reported games included here, BYU has six games on the home schedule. The reported games are Texas State, the Bobcats, the Roadrunners of U- UT San Antonio, and now Western Kentucky being reported by Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports today. With those six games in place, joining North Alabama and Houston and Troy, Greg, what do you think of the expectations for BYU at home this year with limited or maybe no fans against that slate? Well, of course, we hope that that fans are involved uh, to some measure. And whether that number stays the same or grows as the season goes along, that would be the hope, right, that that as different benchmarks are met, uh, more people can see BYU football. But that said, hoping there are some fans in the stands Right. I I think, you know, Jason saying earlier, you've got one game that kind of stands out in terms of level of difficulty, not to overlook anybody else. But uh, the possibilities of a a five, six win home season, the way it's put together right now, should those games actually uh, come to fruition, 
Absolutely. Uh, it's not the schedule BYU thought it would have by any stretch. You go from, uh, you know, P5 heavy or preponderance of P5 programs to now, you know, getting what you can um, and caliber of competition, you know, becomes kind of secondary to just getting a game on the slate. But it's the kind of slate that uh, BYU with this team, especially with the amount of experience coming back and Jeff Grimes referenced it yesterday, offensive talent and continuity returning, he felt put BYU in a pretty good spot to kind of hit the ground running on offense this year. Now, defense faces an entirely uh, unique challenge with back-to-back academy games against triple option, run-heavy programs. That said, offensively, BYU should put a lot of pressure on not only those road teams, but all those teams that now have to come to Provo and play at altitude and elevation this year. So, uh, as, as much as one can be excited for the home slate that looks so much different than it used to, the prospects of getting on a run and, and picking up uh, a significant win total at home, I think, is very encouraging. Let's stay with that same line of, uh, of questioning then and stay with the offense. Through all of the, the Zoom, you know, post-practice, post-scrimmage uh, media availabilities, all the offensive coaches have been pretty pleased with what they've seen from the offensive side of the ball where do you expect the offense to maybe make its biggest improvement? Well, I, I think it could be in, in, um, in sheer playmaking ability, um, especially a wide receiver. Uh, you know, I, I cross fingers for, for Gunnar Romney to have a, a full season of good health. And that's in every way uh, for him. Um, I, I hope, of course, you know, that the, the, the team can can avoid, you know, quarantine situations and, 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 and virus situations. But beyond that, just just typical good health. I, I think Gunner remains kind of a hidden gem only for the fact that we really maybe haven't seen him at entirely full speed from start to finish in the course of a season yet. And and, you know, from what uh, what we are being allowed to see during camp, Gunner is right now a playmaker. I think Neil Pau becomes a hidden gem because he was kind of out of sight, out of mind for a year. But that top trio of, of Romney, Pau, and Mill, um, you can ride those guys. And and as much as there's going to be rotation, and, and, and you know, as, as fast as BYU wants to go at times, there will be platooning going on. Between Bushman, those top three wideouts, and two or three running backs – that's a pretty solid core that you can really use. And I, and I hope, you know, go-to guys emerge from that group and that you have guys you can truly lean on. So that solid core, and of that core, one or two guys jumps out, you know, ideally a tight end, a wide receiver, and a running back to have statistically dominant seasons, whoever that is. Um, and I've done a lot of tweeting about this, guys. BYU's best seasons come – when the best players have great seasons, not just good seasons, not just a bunch of guys being okay and spreading the, the, the wealth, but it's dominant guys. Can BYU find and identify those dominant guys to have special years? If so, BYU in turn could have a special year. So maybe, Jason, and back to your original question, uh, the biggest improvement comes uh, maybe just in, in identifying the key playmakers and, and not just being more explosive, as Jeff wanted to be last year, but, but finding guys that can really help carry you. And then you've already hit on the red zone uh, situation, and, and, and that simply has to improve. And it was, a, it was a strength in Jeff's first year as the OC. BYU, for whatever reason or reasons, dropped back last year and, and saw more productivity you know, between the 20s or 30s and less when they got inside scoring territory. So those are the things to identify. But with the guys they've got, uh, I don't see why there shouldn't be somebody really emerging and standing out that way. 
The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Greg, 17 days away from a Monday night showdown on ESPN National Television. An incredible venue, incredible setup, though there won't be any fans at Navy, and it will be a little bit different. What do you think of the matchup between BYU and Navy as you uh, watch in your quarantined uh, press box area the midshipmen and Cougars meet for the third time all time? Well, I, I hope, and this hasn't been determined yet, but there's a possibility that um, that, that some members of the academy um, may be allowed to be in the venue, uh, socially distanced, of course, but there, but there might be some kind of vibe. And I, I hope this happens because it hasn't been confirmed yet, but there's a possibility since, the, the, I, since, as I understand it, they're kind of operating in a bubble already at the academy. Um, if, if, if there could be some kind of uh, you know, ambiance um, with, uh, with, you know, with, with members of the academy in the stands, it would sound great. Anything would sound great uh, just to you know, accent and enhance what's happening on the field. But certainly, you know, we might hear more and different kinds of sounds than we used to, which will be interesting in, in its own right. But uh, I certainly don't want to feel like we're broadcasting in a, in a closed-off room somewhere. I still want it to feel like football. So whatever can happen to make that happen would be great. But as of right now, you know, no fans will be in the stands. The only question becomes, um, are, are, are some of the, uh, the, the, the mids fellow enrollees allowed to be in the venue? But all of that said, it's going to be football, and it's going to be glorious to call. And what a great venue, uh, uh, you know, a, a location in terms of a campus on which to broadcast. And then to follow it up by going to, to West Point a couple of weeks later and having those two experiences come back to back, as you've talked about, BYU and Army have never met. So, you know, Mikey Stadium will be a whole new thing for BYU, um, a first-ever meeting. And the fact that you can start with, with two military academies is a pretty cool thing in this most unique of, uh, of seasons. Um, I think defensive coaches might choose a word other than unique to describe having to go <laughs> back-to-back option. But uh, that being said, uh, it's all part of, uh, of this new experience that we've been immersed in over the last few months and hopefully months to come. Great stuff, Greg. It's always nice to catch up with you and uh, to raise the levels of excitement. And we're all hoping that maybe BYU does have that bye week so that they have 12 days to prepare for Army after the physical toll of Navy. Thanks, man. Well, anytime, guys. And, you know, I'm just right upstairs whenever you need me. (laughs) All right. We'll say hi as we walk by after the show. (laughs) Yeah. See you in a bit. All right, Greg. Sounds good. Greg Rebell on the Deseret First Credit Union. Hotline Deseret First. You know why we show how. Hey, we're doing it the right way. Socially distance. Six feet apart here. Greg's upstairs. This is how we roll right now. That's right. That's right. Coming up, a rise and shout out to a legendary former Cougar having a birthday. And Jason could not be more excited about more rash assumptions. That's what I live for. And one off the top of the show. Let's add, let's add to it, baby. It's BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Yeah, you can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let's get to the fall camp. Rash assumptions from the latest scrimmage presented by Tim Daly Ford. Number one, Jason. All we know is that it's Zach Wilson and Dax Milne involved here. Right, bring it. Watch. And react. Oh, okay, nice it's a spiral. Deep ball. Look at that. Nice, Tight. nice. Oh, over Dax the shoulder. Mill doing what he does. Look at that. Scenes of Utah State last year down the sideline. 
The one-handed catch against USF. The defender right in his grill, and he doesn't take his eye off of the ball. I like it. Dax Milne is, and this isn't rest, the most underappreciated offensive player. He's going to catch five touchdowns this year, at least, Jason. At least. I like it. Here's number two. All we know, Wilson to Romney. Oh, another deep another ball. Deep ball. Uh, Zach oh, is slinging it and look at that. It gets the feet down in the end zone. Look, we're talking, we're focusing more on the catches. How about these passes from Zach Wilson? They are on the money. Perfect spiral. Look at that. Rash assumption. Both Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney are going to be part of SportsCenter's top 10 plays based on performances this year. Rash assumption. Gunnar Romney <laughs> and Matt Bushman will lead the team in receiving, each with 1,000. <laughs> 2,000 yard receivers? Book it. Oh, that's Book rash. it. Okay, next one. Uh, we have the words Romney to Romney written in front of us. So I'm guessing this is brother to brother. All we oh! show is deep balls and touchdowns. We're Taylor. happy and we're singing. Taylor I love it. Romney to Gunner Romney. <laughs> Guess what, Jason? Maybe this isn't so rash. This will happen this season. Look, there will be a Romney to Romney touchdown Yes, I agree. Look, they have practiced this in their backyard since they were little. We will see more of this on the field this year. Now, how it happens, uh, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say BYU's offense is going to be so good, they're just going to put a bunch of different quarterbacks on the field. They're going to score a lot of points, Jason. I like it. Interchangeable, but the end result doesn't change. It's all about touchdowns. Those are your fall camp rash assumptions. Our question of the day, what's your reaction to the report that BYU has scheduled Western Kentucky to play on Halloween? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Rich Dandy on Twitter. A game on Halloween. Cosmo is going to lose his head in an elaborate stud. Only this time it reveals it's been Tom Homo in his Halloween costume the whole game. I like it. Very nice. All right, time for our rise and shout-outs. Jim McMahon, happy birthday to the legendary BYU quarterback, 61 years old today. What's his full name? Uh, James Robert McMahon, Jr. How about that? Our thanks to today's guests, Lopini Cato and Greg Rubel. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Peter Tui Pelotu. See you Monday. Go Cougs.